Welcome to r slash Tales from the Front Desk, where hotel workers describe all the crazy things their guests do. Our next Reddit post is from No Life Night Audit. I was raised in the hospitality industry. My dad buys old hotels and motels and fixes them up and then sells them again. During the fix-up process, he keeps them operating like normal hotels. As his oldest child, it was usually my responsibility to help keep things running. So I thought I'd share some of my favorite tales. This one takes place after I decided to stretch my wings and work for a hotel not owned by my family. I was alternating between second and third shifts at this hotel. Now, at the time, I had my hair dyed a ridiculously bright red, like fire truck red. And while my boss had been hesitant to let me keep it, I never got anything but compliments from guests. This particular hotel was located near a hospital and offered a discount and shuttle service for people with relatives at the hospital. During one of my second shifts, this older man comes to check in. He's staying for a week with the hospital rate and looks very distressed. His English isn't great, but he does his best. Several times during the process, he mentions how much he likes my hair. He also got very talkative about why he was staying there. Since it was a slow night, I indulged him. Turns out that his wife had been flown to our hospital from Puerto Rico. After he checked in, he went to the hospital to check on his wife and stayed there for a while. I was still on shift when he returned, and he asked me where he could get some food. I gave him a list of restaurants that delivered to us. He asked which was my favorite and what I liked to eat there, then wandered off to make his call, then lingered around the lobby waiting for the delivery. When the delivery showed up, he brought his food to the desk and set a box in front of me. He told me that he hadn't eaten dinner alone in 50 years, and he wasn't ready to start. He had ordered the food that I told him was my favorite and was hoping that I'd be able to eat with him. Since my relief had showed up already, I clocked out early and sat in the breakfast room with the guests to eat our food. Every night after that was the same thing. He'd come home from the hospital and ask me to order food for him so we'd get the front desk discount, and I'd order my own food or warm up whatever I brought. His wife wasn't doing well, and he ended up having to stay with us for almost two months. We had dinner together every night. I lived two blocks away and would come in on my days off. This guy was really nice and really lonely. His wife wasn't doing well, and none of his kids were able to get to the U.S. He called me red even after I changed my hair and would tell me about his life in Puerto Rico and his kids. After a lifetime of sucky guests, it was a really great experience. His wife ended up passing away in the hospital, and he made sure to wait for me to come into work to leave and thanked me for the dinners and let me know that I'd made a hard time a little bit better. Man, sweet little stories like these make the quarantine a little bit more bearable, don't they? Our next Reddit post is from Blasia. I've been working as a front desk agent for about a week. It's my first time working at a hotel, so I'm still learning the ropes even though I previously worked as a check-in agent for a cruise line. I'm working the afternoon shift, and things have been pretty slow. Couple of check-ins here and there, and that's about it. It's about 7pm when this lady, we'll call her Libby, comes in, and after taking things out of the valet, makes her way over to me. We exchange greetings, and she tells me she would like to reserve a room, but only for a couple of hours. Obviously, we're not a motel, so I let her know the minimum of time she could reserve a room for would be a full night. After asking what the price would be, 240 bucks, which is way too much for the kind of hotel I work at, by the way, she agrees and hands me her credit card. This is where things get weird. As soon as I ask her for ID to make the reservation, Libby backtracks and says that she doesn't want her name anywhere on the reservation and would like to make it under the name of the guy who would be joining her later instead. I pause for a moment and after asking her again if she was planning on using the room as well, I tell her that I at least need to put her name into the accompanying list for the room. 
I reassure her that only the employees would be able to see said list and that no, the guy she was planning to meet wouldn't see it. I would like to make it very clear that throughout this whole interaction, Libby has been super composed, kind, and understanding. At this point, however, I'm just thinking she's here for a one-night stand and doesn't want the dude to know anything about her because she's probably married or something. Which I can work with, sure, but why not just actually get a motel, lady? This theory of mine is further solidified when Libby asked me to make a note in the reservation so that if at any point we need to address her by her name around the dude, we wouldn't call her by her real name. And instead, she gives me a fake name, or so I thought, to address her by. At this point, I'm obviously bewildered, but still trying to be accommodating and trying really hard not to let it show how much I'm trying to figure out what the heck is going on, LMAO. We go through the rest of the check-in process, and she even goes as far as showing me a pic of the dude so I'll know who he is when he comes in. I hand her the key and she heads to her room. About an hour later, mystery dude walks in. Let's call him Jake. My coworker, who has no clue of anything, ends up checking him in. So, I don't really get to see much of Jake. To be honest, at this point, I still wasn't giving the whole thing much thought other than, that's a bit weird, lol. Not even 30 minutes have passed since Jake went up when Libby comes back down and hands me both keys. They've both received one each. Says, thank you, in the most serious yet cordial way, and then walks off. Multiple thoughts went through my mind as this lady was making her way to the valet. One, that was way too fast, even for a quickie. Two, why the heck did she give me two keys? Where's Jake? Three, Libby, please tell me you didn't murder Jake. Security is standing behind me, staring Libby down, probably having the same thought process as I am. The supervisor for security usually spends the night hanging out at front desk. My coworker and I are whispering with each other, still trying to figure out what the heck happened. Because that did not look like a lady who had just had a pleasant romp in the sheets. Cue Jake coming down the stairs and, okay, we can breathe, he's not dead. Now, what happened next we couldn't see because we suddenly had an onslaught of distressed passengers. Like 30, I wanted to die. So, I thought I wouldn't find out what the heck actually happened between Libby and Jake. But then, the worker from the valet came over and boy did he have some tea to spill. Turns out that Libby had gone as far as asking valet guy to park her car in a way that the license plate wouldn't be visible. Why? Because it turns out that Jake is Libby's husband. And you might be asking yourself by this point, why has this lady gone through so much trouble to hide anything that might give her identity away from her husband? Well, dear reader, because the alias that Libby gave me just so happened to be the name of the girl Jake was cheating on her with. This woman somehow got her cheating husband to believe that his girlfriend had booked them a sweet, sweet night at the hotel, only for him to show up and find his wife sitting on the bed instead. This bad mother effer of a woman came back downstairs after probably massac- Massacrating? Does she mean massacring? Is this a word? Oh! (laughs) Okay. Massacrate means to cut off someone's genitals. Cut off a guy's genitals. Okay, today I learned. Massacrating the heck out of this idiotic boy with not a hair out of place. And calmly had the valet bring both of their cars back and then patiently waited for Jake Schmake to get his sorry butt back to the lobby so that she could extend her hand and demand their house keys from him. She then got into her car and just drove away. 
The only thing that would have made this even better is if Jake Schmig's girlfriend had also been there to tear into him as well. I like to think she had a part to play in this whole thing, since how else would Libby have managed to trick him into getting to a hotel? Point is, this woman is all I aspire to be. Then down in the comments, we have a similar story from Burgundy Midnight. I worked with a woman who did exactly this. She was very much in love with her husband, and it crushed her that he was cheating. She did it by catfishing him on a dating site, this was mid-2000s, and arranging a meeting in a similar way to OP's story. He was absolutely shocked and couldn't believe that she pulled it off because she was very timid, her own words, and he never expected her to have the thought to be so clever. Imagine cheating on your wife, with your wife, and giving her a backhanded compliment when you're caught. She was pretty wrecked for a while, and at the point when I worked with her, she was very depressed. I ran into her a few years back at a cafe that she owns, and she got married not too long ago. By all accounts, she's deliriously happy. Man, there's nothing more satisfying than reading stories of cheaters getting caught. I really wish there was a subreddit for this topic because I would love to read more stories like this. Our next Reddit post is from Oh Little Lost Boy. Me again. Just started my shift about an hour ago and I just had the most headache-inducing phone call of my life. So my hotel is roughly six and a half miles away from that famous man's park that was just recently closed due to this virus. Here, I assume OP is referring to Disney World. My hotel partners with the park, and we sell tickets for them as an incentive to stay with us, as we do get a lot of guests that book with us with the intention of going to that famous park. Now, keep in mind again that the park is closed. So this guest calls and I do my spiel. Thank you for calling blank. How can I direct your call? The guest responds asking for the front desk, and I inform him that that was who he was speaking with. Well, I'm planning on taking my family to the famous park next week, and I see that your hotel sells tickets to that famous park. Is that correct? So, the park had told us when they closed that we were not to sell tickets. Our manager even told us that if a guest insists on buying, that we direct them to the park's website. Yes, sir, that's correct. However, we're not selling tickets at this time as the park is closed. What do you mean the park is closed? How can they shut down an entire theme park? They can't do that. That's illegal. Sir, the park is closed because the governor has declared a state of emergency due to the coronavirus, and places that occupy 250 people or more are to be closed until further notice. Well, I hardly see what that has to do with the park being closed. I think you're lying to me because you just don't want to sell me tickets. What's your name? I'm going to report you and your hotel to your corporate office and have you shut down. Sir, allow me to direct you to their website. They'll be able to provide you with more information. I don't need any more information. What I need is some god dang tickets. Now sell them to me. Now, one thing to note, all ticket purchases through us have to be done in person on property. We can't do them over the phone. Sir, even if I could sell you tickets right now, I wouldn't be able to. All ticket transactions have to be done in person. You know what? This is BS. All I want is to take my family to the famous park. Why can't you effing help me, you butthole? I'm just fed up at this point. Sir, the park is closed. Go on their website and look for yourself. Goodbye, sir. F you. Thank you. Click. Just another riveting day in hell, am I right?
Does this guy honestly think that the front desk concierge at a hotel has the power to force Disney to open their gates? My god, this guy's an idiot. Our next Reddit post is from Residential Concierge. How the rich are coping with coronavirus. Firstly, they're human beings like the rest of us with fears and anxieties. Without staff, the building isn't all that secure, so being a high-rise in a major city, the front desk staff is considered essential personnel. I'm honestly just happy to still have a job. Now that I got that out of the way, two-thirds of the people here are hunkered down and self-sufficient. It's a pleasure to work for them and help them out through this trying time. This post is a bit of a vent though, so I'll be writing about the other third. We'll call them the worst third of the top 1%. The third echo the characters in F. Scott Fitzgerald's The Beautiful and Damned. In that book, the main characters grow up wealthy and have very few practical skills. Now, in the book, they don't have marketable skills either, which is only true for a smattering of this group in my building. The large portion can't cook for themselves, clean for themselves, and the only way they know how to cope with life's little chores, the skills most have figured out between the ages of 12 and 20, is to throw money at them. They never learned how to be adults, so they pay working class people to be adults for them. Now that our state is under a lockdown, certain people have been banned from the building. This means maids, personal assistants, personal trainers, chefs, organizational gurus, tech people. They hire people to plug in their DVD players, etc. So while all are suffering from the standard social distancing isolation that we all have to cope with, some are coping for the first time with the fact that they have no real life skills. I overheard someone today talking about how they were washing their dishes with laundry detergent until they FaceTimed someone who pointed out their mistake. Some have tried to get me or other staff to come clean their condominiums. I know a woman in her late 50s who did her own laundry for the very first time in her whole life this week. She and her son had a small kitchen fire because they were also cooking for themselves for the first time. They found this fire hilarious. Another guy who is a paranoid member of a family that is apparently a quite famous name among the rich, though I'd never heard of them until I started here called to ask me if the staff were all wearing gloves and N95 masks. I told him there was a shortage and that we're following official guidance on these matters. He said, But if someone were to somehow acquire a fair number of them, would you wear them? I said, We are following official guidance. Again, but this time in a monotone. This is customer service speak for WTF is wrong with you. There's a shortage and ER nurses are having to wear towels that grandma sewed together like it's the freaking battle of Antietam and you're going to use your wealth to get them for your concierge staff instead of the local hospital? Some complain that we have no hand sanitizer out. To one, I said incredulously, well, there's a shortage and we haven't been able to get any. Well, over at the Ritz, they have it at all the entrances. I don't understand why they have it and you don't. I said, oh, that's great of them. I wonder how they were able to get supplies. Which is customer service speak for, then go move to the Ritz. It could be worse, I guess. There's a kid in his 20s with unlimited funds from his rich foreign father, who's complaining to my boss that our sister building won't let him bring in his typical hookers and blow for the weekend. Too long, didn't read. They're basically eight-year-olds. OP, when that rich douchebag said he was going to require a high number of N95 masks, what you should have done was just let him buy them and then as soon as he handed them over, just turn them over to the local hospital. 
That was r slash Tales from the Front Desk. And if you like this podcast, then please follow. And if you're listening on iTunes, then please give me a five-star review because it really helps my podcast grow.